sons and daughters. I'm John Miller, and this is Locked on Mizzou, your destination for partisan Missouri Tigers football and basketball talk during this global pandemic. And indeed, we'll still be your destination, even if we start playing football again, which by golly, hopefully, hopefully we will. I promise you that. And you know what? We've got news about all of that good stuff, all types of Missouri stuff to get to, including a flashback to 2012. Yes, that great Missouri basketball team. I want to cover the games between Bragging Rights and the famous Kansas game at Mizzou Arena where Marcus Denman came back. But first, I do want to tell you guys that rockauto.com, as always, amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com and tell them Locked On sent you. And speaking of the COVID-19 pandemic, last week Mizzou did announce its test results from the athletic department of and of the 377 people tested, 10 were positive. So obviously not a high rate, not a very high rate of infection there and none of those 10 people required any type of hospitalization. So that strikes me as good news and it sounds like, well, Boone County in general, not exactly a hot spot for this disease. But of course, you know, throughout the country, even throughout the state, there are going to be different levels of infection. And that, you know, is going to cause people to have different reactions to it. And of course, now what we're seeing is the ACC, the Pac-12, and the Big Ten are now saying that they're going to have conference-only schedules. Well, if you listen to me last week, I was saying that I thought that this was likely something that was going to come for the SEC, and we're obviously still waiting for an official word there. I think just with those three big Power Five conferences I just mentioned, if they're going to go to conference only, just logistically, it seems to me that it's going to be difficult to do a full regular 12-game schedule. It seems like the SEC probably is going to follow suit here. And also just for the reason that it seems that nobody really wants to be out in front on this thing in terms of playing football or or reopening the, the, the quickest. Nobody wants to be the pioneer in this case, lest they take some arrows, as that old phrase goes. Frankly, I once again don't see any reason why we can't at least play fanless college football. If, if, if again, European soccer is being played without fans to no real negative effect that we can tell, well, then at the very least, can we please at least have football on television? And I really don't think I'm being some reckless, selfish human being that doesn't care about others and just lacks empathy. No, I I really just think that in life you have to take risks sometimes, and it doesn't appear to me that playing college football with no fans is going to dramatically increase anybody's risk parameters. That's just me. Now, on the recruiting trail for Missouri, there's been some news this past week. Really, the biggest news to me was actually a player that Missouri missed out on, or at least has appeared to have missed out on for now, and that's 
Keontes Lewis from East St. Louis, wide receiver. I think most recruiting observers expected Mr. Lewis to commit to Missouri, but he ends up at UCLA and Chip Kelly. Well, honestly, that was an interesting one to me, just that he went to UCLA. I could have seen him going to other places. I understand that Southern California can be appealing to a young fella, but I don't know. This is one I would keep an eye on. This this recruiting doesn't seem to me to be over. Chip Kelly, his star has definitely dimmed quite a bit in the last few years, and I'm just a little bit surprised that we lost this kid to that particular program. I don't know. Just my instincts are telling me that that one isn't over yet. Just as, well, frankly... All recruiting at this point for the 2021 class, none of it's set in stone until the ink is dried, and it's certainly not signing day yet, so obviously recruiting is an ongoing process at this point. Now on the positive side, Missouri secured its fourth defensive end prospect, six foot four, 235-pound Jonathan Jones from McKinney, Texas, and I'll just say as a really cursory look at this whole thing anytime you can beat out Nebraska and Texas for a football recruit I'd say that's a good day for the University of Missouri football program I don't know about you also apparently good news that Chris Abrams drain a freshman wide receiver for this fall does appear that he's been cleared. I don't think he's actually on campus yet, which is why I hesitated there for a second, was trying to pick my words carefully. It does appear that he's been cleared. Not sure if he's on campus yet. I would expect that he will be here fairly shortly, but that's just good news from the fact that, well, quite honestly, he's a guy who could possibly compete in the slot immediately for the Tigers. I mean, Forget about the slot. Really, just any receiver position last year. Did anybody really stand out? I don't think so. I'd say playing time is just completely up for grabs at almost any position on this team, but especially at wide receiver. I mean, nobody really proved anything to me last year. So, I don't know. Let's see it. Let's see a wide-open competition. I think somebody like Chris Abrams Drain, somebody like Jay Macklin could easily be fighting for playing time at that position as a true freshman. And finally, as we wrap up this first segment here, there was a quote from Daniel Parker Jr. Again, there's been just so much divisive thinking and talk and stories regarding race in the news lately, and and, and some of it obviously for justifiable reasons. But, you know, I just like to share positive stories on occasion. And... I just thought it was really noteworthy that Daniel Parker Jr. said, and I'm quoting here, as long as I have been around the Mizzou football program, there's never been any discrimination or racism. We're all brothers and have always treated each other equally. And then he said he's made the right decision to come to Mizzou because each player and coach is equal. And obviously, as a Mizzou fan, and frankly, just as a human being, I I love to hear that because, I don't know, sometimes I feel like certain people and certain, well, moneyed interests, quite frankly, have a vested interest in dividing people and, and making us seem like 
we have a lot more division and hate in our society than there really is. So, frankly, it was just nice to see that, again, from a Mizzou fan's perspective and just as a human being to hear that that young man has, you know, had a really positive experience in college, it sounds like, which is what you would obviously hope that any young person would. And with that said, I do want to continue my ride down memory lane of the 2012 Missouri basketball season. But first, I do want to tell you guys once again about rockauto.com, a family business serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. That's right, two decades. This company has everything from engine control modules and brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil, and even, yes, new carpet for your vehicle. Quite honestly, this, this place is great for your classic car, your daily driver, everything. It's all just a few easy clicks, clicks away delivered directly to your door. And best of all, prices at rockauto.com are always reliable, reliably low and the same for professionals and do-it-yourselfers alike. Why pay up to twice as much for the same parts? So go to rockauto.com right now to see all the parts available for your vehicle. Right locked on in their How Did You Hear About Us box so they know that we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. Well, if you missed my previous episode where I broke down the 2011, as part of the 2011-2012 season, Bragging Rights game against the Fighting Illini, well, you should certainly check that one out. A memorable game, a fun game, maybe forgotten to history a little bit, because it's not as highly touted as these Kansas games, for instance. But again, just check that one out, figure out where Mizzou has been so far. But in its last game of 2011, Missouri would play its first true road game against Old Dominion. And where is Old Dominion? Trivia question? Come on. Where, where is it? Tick-tock, tick-tock. You guessed it, Norfolk, Virginia. Now, there's something I had completely forgotten, to be honest. And frankly, I'm going to do a 60 Minutes style, hard-hitting investigative report in Norfolk, trying to figure out what exactly we did on December 30th, 2011 in this town did did we land the plane the team plane did it land on a native american burial ground i don't know what did we do to the poor people the fine people of norfolk virginia that's all i want to know but in all seriousness though in its first true road game mizzou got hit pretty hard on the glass but ends up winning the game by seven anyway so you know guess what road games are hard in college basketball and We'll take a victory however we can get one. And speaking of road games being hard, well, the Oklahoma Sooners certainly found that out the hard way, taking an 87-49 loss at Mizzou Arena on January 3rd of 2012. You'll recall that Missouri annihilated California and Notre Dame in back-to-back games in Kansas City. Well, That's about as well in Missouri can play, and this Oklahoma game was certainly at that peak as well. Missouri hit 60% of its twos, 
57% of its three-pointers. I mean, this game was a laugher to the point that even Andrew Jones, who walked on from the football team, played six minutes and even got on the scoreboard at the free throw line. But then just a few days later in Manhattan, Kansas, the Tigers would finally suffer their first loss of the season, dropping them to 14-1 and on the year. Frankly, just a bad matchup for Mizzou were the Wildcats. As we would later see when those Kansas State Wildcats would hand Missouri its only home loss of the season. And as you might expect, Kansas did really hurt Missouri on the glass, especially the offensive glass. And Jordan Henriquez, just a tough matchup for Ricardo Ratliff. A taller, athletic guy. You know, Ratliff definitely feasted on guys who he was quicker than. He was a fast guy up the court and fast break. Also just quick-handed. Not just soft hands, but quick. I mean, he got the ball up quickly. But for whatever reason, Jordan Enriquez, Henriquez, just bothered Ratliff. Just a tough matchup for him all season. Just in general, Kansas State, just a bad matchup for the Tigers this season. But fortunately, their next game in Ames, Iowa, against the Cyclones. Hey, remember Royce White, by the way? He was a fun player. Too bad he had some mental problems that he couldn't quite overcome, apparently, notably a fear of flight. But anyway, I just really enjoyed Royce White's game as a big forward who could dribble, pass, had the skills, that kind of deal. But regardless, Missouri with an excellent, really good road victory here. Tigers score on the final five possessions of the game to close out the victory, something that they would do quite a bit in this season was close out close victories for sure. Then Frank Haith would get a victory at home over his mentor, Rick Barnes, as Missouri would defeat Jacobin Brown and the Texas Longhorns 84-73. to We all know that Phil Pressey could be a bit up and down at times, but boy, the good version of Phil Pressey, the best version of Phil Pressey, arguably as good a point guard as there's ever been at the University of Missouri. 12 assists, no turnovers, several clutch baskets in this game against the Horns. Flip, got to be the MVP of this one, takes Missouri to 16-1. and And then it's next game against Texas A&M at home. Well, Missouri wins 70-51, to but notably, that's the first time Missouri had beaten the Aggies in eight years, something Mike Anderson just could not get done for whatever reason. But a 28-2 run for Missouri, including 15 points from Michael Dixon during that period alone would get it done. By the way, Chris Middleton, who's now with the Milwaukee Bucks, probably their second best player after the Greek freak, Giannis Antetokounmpo, notably scored 13 points in that game. Middleton, definitely a good college player, too. You could tell he had a future ahead of him. Just a, a silky smooth jump shot at a pretty good size, about six foot eight, I believe he is. So good to see Middleton showing out in the league a few years later still. And coming up next, I want to tell you about a Missouri victory over a top five team 
on the road. Yeah, that's not something you hear every day. So stick with us. And yes, as I said earlier, road games and college basketball are almost always a tough deal. And certainly anytime you're playing the number three team in the country on the road, you've got to expect that. And interestingly enough, many, many people expected the Baylor Bears to be a particularly tough matchup for Mizzou. And that was basically, in large part, based on size. I mean, Perry Jones III, for instance, was basically their their small forward, and he was, you know, a six foot ten, maybe nearly a six foot eleven guy. But the thing about Perry Jones was he was much more of a perimeter oriented type player and not one to exactly bust his way into the paint and grab a ton of offensive rebounds. And indeed, this is the first of three matchups between Baylor and Missouri, and frankly, this was the only close game of the three. And for whatever reason, the undersized Missouri Tigers definitely bothered Perry Jones in all these games, but to be fair, Jones never really panned out as a pro or just lived up to the hype that he got coming out of high school as a potential number one overall draft pick. It just He just never got there. Maybe he was too nice of a guy. Not sure what it was. But regardless, Pierre Jackson, Quincy Miller, along with Jones, and I believe, I believe an Aussie, Brady Heslop, really good shooter. That was, a, that was a fun, memorable Baylor team. But boy, just ultimately what people thought was a bad matchup for Mizzou ended up being the exact opposite. It was a bad matchup for Baylor, in fact. Of course, Mizzou would famously go on to win the Big 12 tournament, defeating Baylor 90-75 to in the Big 12 title game. But I'm getting ahead of myself just a little bit. But in this game in Waco, as number 5 Missouri beat the number 3 Baylor Bears, really you got to give the lion's share of the credit to Ricardo Ratliff and also just the Flip Pressy to Ricardo Ratliff connection, which was really starting to bud at this point. 27 points for Ricardo, averaged 1.93 points per attempt. Well, considering Ricardo Ratliff didn't shoot a three-pointer all season, that's a pretty good efficiency rate, wouldn't you say? He almost scored two points every time he touched, he took a shot in this game. Nicely done there. And the only other thing I would note here at the end of this game is Michael Dixon was one of five, and, you know, he's kind of a bit of in a road slump at this point, and that was officially a talking point, at least for me. And, well, speaking of road games, Mizzou would go on to lose its second game of the year in Stillwater to the Oklahoma State Cowboys. And again, you know, road games are hard, and and frankly, this was probably a bit of a letdown game for the Tigers, and, well, and a let-up game for the Cowboys, quite possibly, with a top-five Missouri team coming in to their home court. And certainly it was a cold shooting night for Mizzou and just LeBrian Nash, freshman for the Cowboys, really had the hot hand. Missouri drops to 18-2 and two here. Next, against Texas Tech, Missouri wins 63-50. to 50. Always nice to win, but you got to say Mizzou is in a bit of a slump here. In its last six games, Mizzou only shooting... There's only one Tiger, I should I should say, shooting over 36% from three, and that was Matt Pressey. 
Indeed, Marcus Denman was in a pretty deep slump at this point, at least over just a handful of games there. Overall, he's still having a tremendous season. And really, just the fact that Missouri was able to keep winning, especially on the road during this period, just showed how important Ricardo Ratliff really was offensively. Because, you know, the general strategy was teams would stick their defenders on the three-point line and try to avoid letting English and Denman and Dixon and those guys go off from the three-point line. Well, that allowed a lot of space for Ricardo Ratliff to do his thing. And obviously, with his tremendous field goal percentage, shooting nearly 70% on the year, he made defenses pay consistently all season. But certainly... This was not peak Missouri at this point in the season. This was not how they looked against, again, earlier against Oklahoma, even earlier than that against Cal and Notre Dame. They just weren't quite firing on all cylinders here. But thankfully, in the next game in Austin, Michael Dixon busted out of his road slump, and the Tigers certainly needed every bit of his performance too because, well, The Tigers did lead by 13 with 16 minutes left in the game, but obviously the Horns would chip that lead all the way down. But once again, Missouri able to execute down the stretch and win the the ball game. And like Kansas State, Texas absolutely destroyed Mizzou on the offensive glass, but the efficiency of the Tigers just overall a bit too much for the Horns to handle. And frankly, Texas... Couldn't make a three-pointer against Missouri either. That was their big problem. But you know what? That's the final game before the famous Kansas game where Marcus Denman goes off. And you know what? I'm going to save that entire game. We're going to break it down in the following episode. But it is notable that leading into this Kansas game, including this Texas game that we just talked about, Denman in his previous eight games – only shooting 31% from the field and 23% from the three-point line. So, obviously, Marcus ends up having one of the great, efficient offensive seasons in history. We all know he's going to have a great game against the Jayhawks here coming up, but just notable to say that not exactly the greatest moment for Marcus or the Mizzou offense, but yet they're still winning basketball games here, and You know what? They're going to win quite a few more. And we'll talk all about that moving forward on future episodes of Locked on Mizzou. And you know what? If you want to hear some more about that possible SEC-only schedule, I would suggest checking out Blake Lovell over at Locked on SEC. So, until next time, I'm John Miller, and this has been Locked on Mizzou. (laughs) 